We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Everybody, Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I'm thrilled to have you here for another amazing episode. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, if you'd like, LinkedIn is the channel that you're going to find me most active on. Just search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you have to first understand that customer. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Scott Schwartz. Millennial entrepreneurs hire Scott to build and pass on wealth because most feel stressed out by debt, confused about what to do with their money, and don't trust banks or Wall Street, just like he doesn't. So he helps millennial entrepreneurs recycle their dollars to either start or supercharge their investments. Bottom line, his clients reverse engineer banks and the wealthy to do what they do rather than what they tell us to do and learn how to make bank like a bank. Scott, welcome to the show. Hi, Lori. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here with you. I got to say your bio was a very fun one to read. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for that. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, oh man, what a heavy conversation, debt. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Why is debt such a huge problem in our society? Well, a number of reasons. The, the system itself is really designed to, to keep us in debt. The, the way the lending institutions work, the way that government regulators you know, let them do crazy things that are in their favor rather than the borrower, and the, even the get-out-of-debt industry plays a huge part because what these financial entertainers do is really contribute to people feeling like they are broken, like they are the problem, when really it's, that's not the case. Um, Really, the whole focus on getting out of debt really contributes to people staying in debt. Because when you think about it, Lori, getting out of debt is working your way up to zero. Who wants to be at zero? To truly have a sound financial plan, we need to go way beyond zero. And we need to know not just how am I going to get to zero, but how am I going to go above and beyond? What tools am I going to use to really supercharge my plan and follow the right path to the right destination? 
Yeah, wow. That's, I mean, that's definitely important. I, I agree with the, being, being at zero isn't exciting. I mean, it's a win to get dug out of the big hole that, that you're in, but I think the bigger yeah. picture, the real work comes in after you do that part. And what is the plan after that? Right. The, the way I like to illustrate that is if you picture the beginning of a marathon, Boston Marathon had 27,000 runners on one street. So, you know, picture what a mess that is. Mm -hmm. If you're at the back of that pack, you've got a long way to run just to get to the starting line. And then you've got 26.2 more miles to go to get to the finish line. Well, financially speaking, getting out of debt is just reaching the starting line. That's not the finish line. Yeah. You're already tired by the time you reach the starting line. Well, what is the finish line? Financially speaking, it's uh, financial freedom, passive income, retirement, however you think about it, however you frame it, that's the finish line. And if we say you uh, spend all that energy and effort to get to the starting line, you're already tired, but then a race official sees you and says, Lori, come over here. I saw how far you had to come just to get to the starting line, and that's not fair. What I'm going to do is drive you into the course and shorten that race. Wouldn't you appreciate it if, if that's the opportunity that you had. What I do is help people to take that energy and effort that they expend to just reach the starting line and then teleport into the course to shorten that race to passive income, retirement, financial freedom. Interesting. It's an interesting analogy. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit. What's the best way for someone to map out that financial future? The best way is to reverse engineer what we know works. There, there's three main problems that, uh, that people have when it comes to managing their money. Uh, the first is trial and error, they just guess. And that is a financial agnostic. They try a little of this, a little of that, sample a little over here, and hope they stumble across a solution around something that helps them feel good. The second is listening to their broke friends. Even though they know they've got no idea what they're doing with their money, that's a financial atheist. They figure there is no such thing as financial truth. Therefore, I'm going to just stick with what I can see, touch, and feel around me and focus on that. The third is listening to one of those financial entertainers that yells at you that their way is the only way and everything else is dumb. That's a financial cult. Follow the leader regardless of what they say or what is the basis of what they say. The problem with each of those three uh, mistakes, Lori, is they violate history and science. History shows us that banks and the wealthy have got it figured out. They have blazed that trail and they left breadcrumbs along the way so that scientifically we can reverse engineer that path. So that takes away the guesswork, 
the, the uh, listening to your broke friends and listening to the financial entertainers yell at you to cut up your credit cards, work three jobs and live on rice and beans. We instead follow the path that is established that we know works because that's what the experts do. How can we copy what the experts do? Interesting. All right, so um, can you give an example of how this has worked for some of your clients? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, it makes me think of uh, one couple that uh, they combined income about $7,000 a month, not rich people, but by looking holistically at their expenditures and where can I uh, help them to reallocate money that may not be spent wisely into the right direction using the right tools, then being able to use those tools to accelerate the get out of debt process and get investing, supercharge their investing from that point on. What I was able to do for them is take them to a place where over the course of 30 years, the time period that it was gonna take for them to pay off their mortgage and their other debts, they'd just taken out a new mortgage, accelerate that to where in a little less than eight years, they were gonna be completely out of debt. And then using that money to focus on retirement was able to save them over $800,000 over the course of those 30 years. So now instead of really being, instead of retirement being a mystery to them, will I ever be able to do it? Will I ever be able to, to afford it? It really took a lot of that stress off of their shoulders and helped them to see how they'd be able to retire, how are they gonna be able to put their kids through college and be able to leverage those efforts that they were using to get to the starting line and have that shorten their race to retirement. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I mean, that's, that's basically what the, the trend is nowadays, right? Retire as early as possible. It seems like a lot of people are focusing on that. For, for a lot of people, yes. The, the challenge there, though, is for a lot of people, that means extreme budgeting. Tighten that belt so tight that they basically aren't living a life. If we can, instead of focusing on tightening that belt, something else that really keeps people in debt, if we can instead focus on production, building wealth is not a game of reduction, it's a game of production. How can I add value into the world so that I'm growing, not restricting myself, but growing? And if I'm growing, if I'm helping others around me to grow because I'm adding value to them, then I'm living a life of abundance rather than scarcity. And I'm playing the game like banks do. Banks don't practice extreme budgeting. Banks are trying to accelerate the movement of money. 
and to buy debt so they can leverage debt to, uh, to create additional streams of income and to leverage what they have to build more. And I train people on how they can, in principle, do those same things. Fascinating. I love that. Um, right now, it's going to be a quick, uh, great time to have a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today. purpose of the show is to really get deep into networking. Mm -hmm. So to some people, when they hear that word, it invokes fear, hesitation, uncertainty. I'm hoping you can help remove some of those fears um, by sharing with our listeners one of your favorite or most successful networking experiences that you've had. Um, well, first of all, I love networking. It's one of, it's, for me, it's the most productive use of time because it's a multiplier. Instead of spending my time, you know, talking to one person at a time, if I can get in front of someone else's audience, now I'm talking to many. This podcast being an example of that. You're kind enough to give me time to speak to many. And when we network with other people, that's in effect what we're doing. The, what I have learned over the course of time is you, you've got a network with an eye towards how can I help, not how can I get help? How can I give rather than how can I receive? Because that again is a force multiplier. I remember going to Chamber of Commerce mixers and you know, things like that many years ago. And walking away thinking, oh, that wasn't a very good group because, you know, maybe I collected a few business cards, but didn't really connect with anyone. So therefore the group is bad. But in time and with some help in networking from, from people that really knew what they were doing, I came to realize that was my, my problem, my fault. Because when you go to make connections, rather than to solicit business. When you go to make connections, you're, you're playing the long game, but you're playing a productive game because then you make connections and you're, you're able to, again, I'm overusing this word, but you're able to multiply your efforts. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And especially uh, since COVID has changed the world and so much of networking has gone online, it's, it's great, Th that aspect of it. Of course, COVID wasn't a positive thing. But now, you know, I've got friends in other parts of the country and other parts of the world that I have shared audiences with. And it really becomes even more of a multiplier. Um, 
I just uh, the other day, I was uh, speaking with someone with a prospect. This was someone that scheduled a uh, scheduled a conversation with me that I hadn't talked with before. And so, of course, when that happens, you never know what you're going to get. But it's like, oh, I was referred to you by so-and-so, by someone I did know. And, and basically, it was like he was pre-sold. Uh, from, from that, he went to my YouTube content and made the determination from that that I was someone he wanted to work with. And so basically the conversation was, okay, how can we get started? It, 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 and so it served to really accelerate the process because of the getting to know you process was basically didn't exist. You know, so-and-so told me that you were good and that I should talk to you. So therefore I went on social media and saw your videos so then I drew my own conclusion that I should talk to you. And so now here I am. Um, and so that really, it, it's a great use of time. It's a great use of resources because now that acquaintance, the third party in that triangle, he brought value to me. So of course my knee jerk reaction is I wanna bring value to him and how can I help him to get in front of others that I know? And, and that just gains momentum and it happens over and over again. So how do you stay in front of and best nurture these relationships in this community and this network that you've been building? I, I think you've got to be consistent. One, you've got to recognize you can't be everywhere. Um, and, and that's a challenge for me, and, and it's become a challenge in the COVID world where there's now so many opportunities online to network with different groups of people. I, I've had to come to realize, okay, I, I can't go into every networking group. I, I can't form close relationships with all the people I meet. Rather than going a mile wide and an inch deep, I had to make the determination, okay, let me focus on a core group of people so that I can drill down deeper. And, and that has helped me. It's helped me to have a, a better plan. You've got to actually plan your networking. What groups am I truly going to become a valuable part of? meaning I'm going to show up consistently and I'm going to be determined to bring value consistently uh, in, so, in social media also. If I'm going to join a group, am I actually going to spend some time there, post uh, comment on people's posts, make posts myself? I'm not going to commit to the time to do so then that's outside that narrowed range of, of groups that I really want to commit to. Um, so I would say that networking is something where you want to commit. You want to truly give of yourself by being there regularly and adding value. And then as you drill down deeper and deeper in that group, 
that's really where the payoff is because then you've built relationships, not just made surface level acquaintances, but drilled down to build relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a time investment overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Scott, um, here's a fun one. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? More of, less of, or differently. Regarding my professional career, uh, first of all, at that young age, I would have I would have changed my academic path. Um, I was a stats major through college, something that I don't really use. I, I would have uh, been a business major instead. Um, and I would have been determined to do most of my education, most of my learning after graduation. When you, when you stop learning at graduation, then you only know what all of those other graduates know. Mm-hmm. What distinguishes you is what you do after that. So I would have gone into the entrepreneurial world, into the business world much, much sooner. Um, I, I was a corporate guy for about 30 years um, out of school. Um, and yeah, I, I learned some things from that, some valuable things, but professionally it didn't really feed me and it didn't, you know, it didn't turn out to be the, the path where my passion lies. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. I I'm, I'm a huge advocate of learning and education. So I love that that's kind of where you're focused. Is yeah. And, and, and I, I think those are two distinct words, you know, education, at least it makes me think of the more formal going to school, getting a degree. Learning is something we do every day on our own. And, and we need to take the initiative to be learners, not, not just to have a piece of paper that says we're educated, but to truly be learners and to develop ourselves, um, which is an ever-evolving process. That's a mountaintop that we never really scale, but we always want to strive to get closer and closer. Love that. All right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask me a question. So you're in charge of the microphone for a minute. What do you got? Oh, my. Um, well, I'm, I'm curious to hear, you know, you, of course, interview many people in many different fields uh, as, as uh, hosting this podcast. So I'm curious what makes someone, or, or, or rather tell me about one of the best guests that you've had on the podcast and what made them stand out as different and what did you take from that interview? That's a great question. So um, I've had amazing guests on my show, um, but one of the ones that I truly had um, something that this guest said just resonates and sticks with me. And I I repeat it quite often in my head. Um, 
was Dr. Ivan Meisner, and mm -hmm. he's he's the founder of BNI. Um, fascinating human being. He has a ton of knowledge. And for those that don't know, BNI is a global networking organization. Um, he, he's an author of many books. So every single question that I asked him, he just um, one had a prolific response and two had had a book to reference in alignment with the response, which I thought was was brilliant as well. Um, but one thing that he he said that this is the I actually named the episode title this, but um, you can do um, a thousand things six times or six things a, a thousand times. And which one do you think you're going to have greater success in the end results with? And just just really thinking about that and um, you know, the, the message is you don't need to spread yourself so thin. That's something that I personally have a challenge with. I like to get my hands dirty in a lot of different, um, muddy pools, whatever you want to call that. Um, but really getting clarity on, um, being laser focused and the repetition of those actions, um, are going to deem greater results as opposed to trying to do everything and be everything to everybody. That's great. I love that. And, uh, and that makes me think of reverse engineering. You know, I, I have that same challenge you just mentioned, you know, trying to dig in and know all this stuff. And so like I described with networking, I've had to learn to narrow, narrow the focus and, and drill down deeper on the things that I'm good at. And instead, you know, fi find someone else who's an expert at doing this or that and let them run with it. It comes naturally for them rather than me struggling at it and, and having that steep learning curve. So I love that. That is a great quote. Well, thank you. Um, thanks for the question. So um, we're going to, we're close to wrapping up here, but any final word or advice that you'd like to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Um, be open-minded, have a plan. And in that plan, at the, at the top of that plan is to give first, be confident that uh, you will get benefit from doing that, and, and be sincere with it. Truly do give of yourself to the group, and, and that can mean just add to the conversation, or it can mean you know rolling up your sleeve and, and doing a, a favor for somebody. But be open-minded to that, Tr trust that, trust that process. And when you have that at the top of your plan and, and you, you plan out your networking, please don't ever go to a networking event un unprepared to concisely tell what you do and what you're about. Get, get to that point quickly and understand that the people you're connecting with there, you're not soliciting them as customers. You're looking to partner with them, collaborate with them to get in front of audiences. Mm -hmm. Another um, great quote came to mind as I was listening to you, um, who is from a gentleman who I uh, look up to and you as a mentor and a friend. Um, he's the whole reason I got into podcasting, Stephen Weisner. 
Um, he, he said this numerous times, um, and it just sticks with me, but clarity trumps persuasion. And I think that's exactly oh, yeah. what you're saying. Um, so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, maybe we've all had that nightmare experience of, you know, you meet someone at a networking event and now they're on the phone with you constantly trying to sell you. Mm -hmm. We came there to collaborate, to partner. And when you misunderstand and, and try to start having retail conversations with those people, that, that's, that's repellent. That's driving people away rather than gathering them together into your network. Totally agree with you there, Scott. Uh, All right. So um, if anyone is interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? Best way is on my website, which is nevertoomuchmoney.com. Um, two spelled out, T-O-O, nevertoomuchmoney.com. And uh, you'll, at the bottom of, uh, of that site, you'll see uh, where you can connect with me on social media or send me an email, uh, give me a call. Um, and uh, I love to touch base. With, uh, with all kinds of different people, um, both as potential collaborators, as well as if you'd like to hear more about the specifics of what I do and how I help people with their finances. All right, fantastic. We will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Scott. Oh, thank you, Lori. I greatly appreciate the opportunity. Great conversation as always. And uh, I, I hope that your audience got some value from it. I'm sure they did, without a doubt. All right, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Scott for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to hearing from you shortly. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. And most importantly, reach out, connect with someone, reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about. Go and build those relationships. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.